You're listening to the iWolfs Podcast, Season 6, Episode 3, The Myth of Food in Training, Part 2. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Okay, so we decided that we're actually going to wrap up a little bit more on our last discussion because we had a few more remaining thoughts. So, our last discussion being, in case our, people yes, are checking, uh, being um, whether f- using food in training and whether or not it's a bribe and whether or not it's a good thing to do. Yeah, and I think you brought up a very good point. My, my use of the word willing is, is not a helpful word because that's what the dog's thinking is. Yeah. yeah, so the, 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 real, the word we want to use is compliant. You ask a dog to sit, is he compliant? Simply meaning, does he do it, yes or no? And, and this gets away then all connotations of why he's not doing it that upsets you. So I think if you ask a dog to sit and he doesn't sit, you know, and then we try, we go to use food, it's a bribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you've been blown off and you've now been you're blown resorting off. to food. Okay. Yes. Well, I think, I think we can also say that that's, our definition of a bribe, but I think it's also possible that we might discuss whether or not there's a time where that could also want to be bribe. training. I mean, yes, the first week of puppy that, class. I, I know. <laughs> yes. No. 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 Yeah. No. You're absolutely right there. That's that's. So it's still not simply. Essentially, it's not that. There's another thing to take into to account. For you know, in training we have food and we lure and it, it works fine in this situation. Then you've got to get the food out of your hand. Mm-hmm. Make sure and check. And quantify it. The dog understands the hand signal. Right. So I think the second and then the question. verbal command. But the, the next big thing is the point you just brought up when we we, we paused. Um, the dog does it in the kitchen. He doesn't do it in the park. No, you, you you can't do this with the dog. You train your puppy at home in the kitchen, you know, and then you're going to take him to a dog park and let him off leash or anywhere in there the pet store. I know. There's not a, a hope in hell. Your dog's going to come right. and sit. And it needs to be done in steps. So you do it in the kitchen, then you do it in the living room, and then in your yard, then in your yard with another person there, and then other people, then another dog, then two other then dogs. Then on your street corner. Then in their yard, you know, with other dogs. Then you go out of your house, you stand outside the front door right, right. and do it. Gradually, you got, no, I'm, this is so people important. Do people this, don't yes, understand they, it. Well, people what, don't do it. They, what they, they do is they do put it. the dog on leash, they go for a walk. It's a disaster. They'll have a dog that pulls on leash, and they go to a park and let it off. They'll have a dog This that is a whole other myth, though. It's, he, well, no, it's the same one we did before. It's that he knows it. He, he knows, knows it. Back. Yeah, he knows he, it in your oh, kitchen. No, or yeah. that they could ever know it. That a dog can generalize in that way, you know. Well, he knows it. He learned it. He learns it. You taught him, you know, mm-hmm. you taught him that. And, and, and what people need to understand is he knows it in the kitchen when you ask him to sit. If your husband asked him to sit in the kitchen, he won't be as compliant. If you do it in the living room, the compliance, as measured scientifically as a percentage, it drops and drops and drops. You go outside. It takes a 25, 30% drop. This could be an addendum for in, that as in, well. In compliance. <laughs> because well, this is just the next episode. Yeah. yeah. And so, again, you know, don't walk your dog. You go outside and stand on leash. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the end of your garden path. You stand there, sit down. Oh, the dog's still paying attention. Mm-hmm. Take two steps. Well, so, so, yeah, no, I mean, we yeah. need to determine right. when it's... When it's a bribe or, you know, when food is bad. I mean, I was gonna, what I was going <laughs> to say is I don't think that this is not important. I think we've talked a lot and we will continue to talk about the importance of taking small steps and try, getting try closer and closer to... Yeah the goal and you can't yeah. take a, a big step 
But back to the question of whether or not what you're doing with food is a good thing or a bad thing in training, I think we covered one. One, it's maybe not a good idea if you've already been blown off and now you're resorting to food to get compliance. If you have However, an established baseline, right? Yeah. If you have an established baseline. Yeah, already. I would say get your dog under control, go back and do the prior training in less distracting situations. However, However, However. I think that what we've talked about is that the first time you're teaching a behavior, you you whether you call it a bribe or whether you call it a lure and a reward, you do use food to get the dog to do this new behavior. And so I think the second question is, do you keep doing it or do you phase it out? You phase it out. And if you like, if you yeah. go to the park and your dog blows you off, but you really want to get him to get him to sit, and so you you know you lure him and you then reward him with the food treat, maybe that's okay one time, as long as the next time you do it, you find a way to uh, remove the direct relationship between the it behavior. It seems the, the question and, and where it maybe falls apart is when you go to these new scenarios as you're talking mm-hmm. about. At what point do you start your your training? You know, because the people are assuming the dog knows it, so they're not doing any preparation. Mm-hmm. But not only are they not breaking it down, but they're not maybe doing any warm ups or yeah. or reinforcements. You know, mm-hmm. or, so the question then is, yeah, when? Okay, so it, you, it, when you move from point A to point B, point B being more difficult or challenging, mm-hmm. do you bring a lure back? initially oh yeah right you You might have to another situation but then you phase it out or the other way is because the fact of the matter is this ain't quick and i said training should be quick and easy so the other approach to it is to say right let's just um trial by fire and let's now teach people how to do a dog park recall with a dog that's untrained because the fact of the matter is you know when someone comes to me and says my dog hasn't got a recall and he just won't come when called in the park. And I say, this dog? And they say, yeah. I said, well, he obviously did the last time he went to the park. What You see, what people do wrong is when they catch their dog. Because he's there. They I take guess. him home. Mm-hmm. What you must do is when the dog comes, you say, good boy, go play. Mm-hmm. And now you find you can't get rid of the dog. And so in a park situation, I would say, right, let's go with an untrained that's dog. That's a part of phasing out food as a bribe because you're using a life reward we just yeah we just cold turkey from the beginning mm-hmm. but i probably would use food in that situation because i want a really good recall in the dog park so i would wait till i get the dog and i would say good dog treat 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 which is something people don't do it's always one bit of kibble no you're going to get nine treats in a row and i'm saying go play and i'm going to repeat it and in one session like we have in our workshop that german shepherd mm-hmm. that ran off one training session, five, ten minutes long. Now we have a recall off okay, leash in a room with 60 we're dogs. we're still trying to help people determine when the dog is compliant. Well, I think we're trying understanding. to... Understanding. Well, does he do it? Yeah. No, it's understanding whether... Well, whether they're... Why, well, why they're, why they're being compliant. I know we're not supposed to say that, but that's exactly the problem. People don't know the difference between when there's a blow-off and there's not... They wouldn't bother about training. it. Let's just say, is the dog compliant? It's so simple, you see. If we now get out of the but dog's head and watch the dog's food, behavior... You can't use a lure every time a dog isn't compliant. That then becomes a bribe. Right, so you're phasing it out. Yeah. And so, for example, at the at the dog park, where the first time you used food, you, you were at, asked the dog to come, and you gave him 10 pieces of food and told him to go play. Mm-hmm. The next time, you probably don't give him 10 pieces, Right. No. You might give him five pieces and tell him yep. to go play. And you're phasing out the food reward and replacing it with this life reward. 
the go play, which but is potentially the is and graded. Than, the, the reward is different than the bribe or the lure, though. And the reward would vary according to the quality of the recall. See, what's happening is with food, people give the dog a bit of food for everything he does. Well, that is stupid if you think about it, because you are rewarding just as many below average responses as above average responses. And what will happen with the recall, if you reward every single one, it will slow down and eventually the dog won't do it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we get the first recall, we make the point. We're then going to say, right, I'm really watching the recalls. Now to get a reward, it's got to be better than what you just did. People are afraid of that. You know, first of all, you should explain why that why rewards would devalue. I think you should explain that. Well, if you're rewarding um, everything the dog does, the dog knows he's going to get a food reward when he goes back to you. So what's the hurry? And then it's just the basic. What's the hurry? And it's just the basic mm-hmm. reward. Yeah. It's not a jackpot. And it's not a plate. Yeah, and the point the, the point in training is once you get a dog to do something you want, now you want to make it better. And this mm-hmm. has gone from training that the whole People differential are very reinforcement. Of it. Well, they're very afraid not to reward him. But he did it, so now I have to reward him. Yeah, well, rule of thumb. If I don't, he won't I do mean, it next time. So that's, I mean, that's the, it seems like the big issue. Well, is that you don't comes. just keep using food the same way. You um, are always phasing it out slash asking for more. And, and here's another thing to the problem, Jack you see. occasionally. Let's think about the difference between a food vending machine where you're always rewarded when you put money in and a slot machine. What happens if the food machine doesn't deliver? You kick the machine, right? You put in another quarter, what happens? It doesn't deliver again, you give up on it. See, if you're on too rich of a reinforcement schedule, if you don't reward, the dog says, well, screw you. Mm -hmm. The whole point of thinning out food rewards and putting it on a differential reinforcement, even random, is now the dog won't stop working if you don't give him food. But there must be and enough reinforcement up front to, to make that work. Yeah. You, know, you don't go to a slot machines and play once oh, and, no, 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 and play no, no. for 200 and that's times what I nothing. Said. No, right. that's what I said. That no. jackpot on the first reward, a mm-hmm. non-reward dog and he comes, or Zuzu when mm-hmm. she peed for the first time out there, I mean the first time, she got 16 treats from me and I counted them out. And I want the dog to go, wow, that's different. But people have now got into this thing, everything the dog does... You give him one piece of kibble, mm-hmm. and it, it's ruined dog training. The, 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 the response reliability has gone down the toilet if you take food away from these people. Well, people have lost creativity and, in how to play or reward it. Like, yeah. it's like you, could, yeah. you could give 10 pieces of food, or you can play a game really quickly, or you can do nothing. Well, because yeah. a lot of classes now, they aren't off-leash. It used to be a lot of fun. Everyone mm-hmm. dressed up, and we played and did all this stuff, you know. Um, Anything so, that's static is going to become boring and, and expected. Yeah. Right, and they could be blown off. But I think, you know, we are, we're not thinking about every tool in training. So here's, here's my thing about tool in training, food tool in training. Mm-hmm. Use it and then phase it out so that you don't need it. That's not to say you can't give food treats. I love giving right. Zuzu food treats just because I love her. I give her treats here. I give her treats when she has a, a pee that's more than four seconds long. Mm-hmm. She gets some treats. If it's less than four seconds, I, I just say thank you, Zoo. Right. And, and you know, but you don't need it. I could go out there now and tell her to go pee, and she's going to pee. Mm-hmm. It's on cue. And I, I don't raise my voice. I'm just, no, you need to go. Now let's right. go pee. She'll get distracted, blow me off a couple of times. I keep doing it. The same thing with a sit. You know, the, 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 no, you don't have to punish the dog when he doesn't sit, but don't give up on him. See, if you say sit, dog has to sit. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't care how long it takes or how many commands, he's going to sit and then we repeat it again. Mm-hmm. I just say, well, that wasn't very quick. Come here and sit. Oh, good dog, go play. Then what you get is a really good compliance on, on demand and the whole notion about this food thing is neither here nor there. Because as you say, now we're using this massive life rewards that the dog can continue walking and sniffing or the dog can run up and sniff another dog. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we are not teaching owners, number one, um, how to use food properly mm-hmm. as a lure and as a reward. There's only one reinforcement ratio that makes sense and that's a pretty thin differential reinforcement ratio. But we're not teaching them how to phase out right. our tools which would include halters, harnesses, leashes, food, and even shock collars. You'll see someone with a training tool and they, they, they're, they're taught to use it and they use it for life. Well, that's not a training tool. It's a management tool. It's a crutch because you haven't trained the dog yet. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, you know, what... Right, that's kind of the, the bigger picture regarding food. Yeah. It's not good if you're continuing to give the same food reward for the same behavior. Then you're, then you're definitely... Not on the right track. If you're consistently giving yeah. for the same behavior. Dog has to do more for less. And further, to expand yeah. on that, like whatever tool you're using, if you're still using it the same way you were a week or a month ago... Ain't a training tool. Then, right, it's a crutch. It's okay. a management tool, yeah, to cover up the fact you have Well, I feel like we've given the people a little more... Uh, well, I understand it better now. Yeah, uh-huh. so, and me too. Yep. Yeah. All, All right. right. Sorry we muddled beforehand. <laughs> well... <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.